Hello and welcome to Brews Crew, a podcast about brewers, baseball, and beer. My name is Ryan Liebherr. I am the host of this show. We don't have a ton of stuff to get into today, so let's hop right into it. So, since we're not expecting the show to go a long time today, let's start talking about the beer of this episode right away. Today we're going to be drinking a really good beer from one of my favorite breweries. It comes from uh, the Stone Brewing Company from California. Uh, There is another Stone Brewing Company in Wisconsin, but this is from, this is the one in California. Uh, And this is the Arrogant Bastard Ale. Um, One of these days I'll drink from a, from a bottle, but uh, today it's still a can. So this is not an IPA, it is a strong ale. And I have had this one before, so I know that I'm going to enjoy this. With that said, let's move into the awards. Um, Kind of a big disappointment, honestly, not seeing Yelich's name as the NL MVP winner. I think a lot of people in Wisconsin were expecting it, I think. Um, he had such a phenomenal year. He, he proved that the, uh, the second half of 2018 was not only repeatable, but repeatable over a whole season. So if Yelich keeps this up again, he may be in talk about being one of the greatest of this era, which is a lot to say, but he has proved that he is amazing. So anyway, he didn't even win. He was runner up. He did win the silver slugger for outfield. He also won the, what is it called? The Hank Aaron award. So even though he didn't get all around MVP, he did get a very huge honor in the Hank Aaron Award. So Bellinger did win the NL MVP Award over Yelich. And I don't think I'm mad about it. Like I said, I was expecting Yelich to win. I think a lot of people were. And I think part of the reason why we were expecting Yelich to win is that what Bellinger did was start extremely hot. I mean, he was hitting phenomenally for the first couple months of the year. I think he had a 400 average in May. Could be wrong. I'm not looking at his numbers right now, but he was hitting out of his mind. And then he slowly and slowly got worse over the course of the season. He still ended the season with phenomenal numbers. I mean, he had over 100 RBIs. Uh, He was in the race for 50 home runs. And I think, I mean, part of what hurt Yelich is that he missed the last three weeks of the season. Um, I think if he would have played those three weeks, it would have been very, very hard for voters to put Bellinger over Yelich.
I think the other thing that hurt Yelich is that Cody Bellinger plays really good defense at a couple of different positions. While Yelich is not a bad defender by any means, Bellinger does have a, a big step over him in that. The difference between a good defender and an average defender is significant enough that it could sway some MVP votes, which obviously it did in this scenario. The other major award that the Brewers had a finalist in was the NL Manager of the Year. I think I was less expectant of Craig Council to win that award. I think there were a lot of NL managers that could have earned it. I think if I were a voter, which obviously I'm not, and thank God for that, if I were a voter, I think Dave Martinez might have been one of my uh, one of my top picks, just because of the turnaround that he did, that he was able to pull off with the Nationals. I mean, they were well under 500 in May, and they turned that around into not only earning a wild card spot, but hosting the wild card game, obviously against the Brewers. And that's 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 no joke. The team was looking dead in the water. They were talking about trading their free agents to try to start a rebuild. And instead, they make the postseason and not only make the postseason, but beat everybody in their path onto a World Series win. So honestly, I was kind of surprised when his name was not one of the finalists. Finalists were Mike Schilt, who ended up winning it. Craig Council, which finished second. And I don't think I'm upset about that. I, I think we know Craig Council is a pretty a pretty great manager. And then Brian Snitker of the Braves. Going back to the MVP for just a second. I think one of the reasons why Yelich not winning is even more disappointing is because Mike Trout, who won the AL MVP award, missed more time at the end of the season than Yelich did when Alex Bregman was coming up fast behind him. It was a very close vote. Trout and Bregman split the first and second place votes. But it kind of feels like Trout won despite missing time and Yelich lost because of missing time. And I think that's frustrating to swallow. The good news is the top two players in each league definitely deserved the amount of votes that they got. Bregman is played out of his mind all year. Mike Trout is Mike Trout, maybe the best player in baseball, definitely the best player in baseball right now. Yelich is looking like an equal to Trout, hitting out of his mind, running base as well. And then Cody Bellinger just hit like nobody has hit in a long time. 
And then just quick to run through the other award winners, Justin Verlander wins the AL Cy Young Award narrowly over his teammate Garrett Cole, who's now a free agent, which good for Verlander. It's been a long time since he won a Cy Young Award, and this kind of cements his place in Cooperstown, uh, if it wasn't already. Everything that he's kind of doing right now is icing on the cake of his Hall of Fame resume. That's how good he is. The NL winner, Jacob deGrom, he wins it for the second time in a row. And he's he's crazy. He's phenomenal. The Mets are lucky to have him as a pitcher. Rookie of the year winners, Jordan Alvarez. He only played half the season, but he crushed baseballs when he was playing. Pete Alonso wins it in the NL. And he looks like he's going to be a great hitter for a long time. Hit 53 home runs. He won the home run derby against Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then we talked about the uh, manager of the year awards. Mike Schilt wins in the NL for the Cardinals. And Rocco Baldelli wins it in the AL, which... uh, much deserved, I think. The Twins turned around. Indians thought they were going to have another easy time winning the division, and Twins came, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but started bashing like nobody's business and actually won the AL Central. So good for Rocco Baldelli, good for the Twins. And then I'm not going to go through all the gold gloves and silver sluggers, but I mentioned Christian Yelich wins a silver slugger. And it would be wrong if I didn't mention that Lorenzo Cain wins his first Gold Glove Award, which he probably deserved one a long, long time ago, but he finally gets one. So good for Cain, good for Yelich. Go Brewers. Hopefully we can win some more awards this coming season. So I want to talk for just a moment about something difficult, the Astros 2017 electronic sign stealing situation. I think a lot has been said and I don't need to say any more. I've also tweeted a couple of things already. So if you haven't seen those tweets, this is kind of just a summary of how I feel about the whole situation. And that is that sign stealing has been happening since baseball has been using signs. It's a competitive edge, and any way that a team can gain more information that will help them in games, they're going to do what they can to get that information. But since technology has started becoming more and more prevalent in the game of baseball, there have been rules set up by MLB saying electronic sign stealing is wrong. And it's pretty obvious that the Astros were using technology to steal signs. So I don't want to say any more about that, except that what they did is wrong. They need to be punished. I'm not sure what the punishment will look like, and I am glad I'm not in charge of making any of those decisions. I think that's all that needs to be said about that, though. So let's move on from that. That's a heavy topic, and I don't think we need to get into that anymore. 
Let's talk about the hot stove. And I think it's actually going to be normally this time of the offseason is reserved for management and front office signings, firings, uh, revamping your staff for the coming season. There's a lot of teams that have already signed new managers, moving on from previous managers, a lot of additions to scouting, to minor league, to front offices, new GMs coming into place. We have also already seen some free agent movement, which is uh, extremely exciting. Unfortunately, one of the biggest names that is signed is Yasmani Grandal. And as I mentioned in my previous podcast, we know that the Brewers were looking to bring him back, but I did not think it was necessary. Manny Pena is a very serviceable starting catcher. He hits slightly above average comparative to catchers specifically. And he has tremendous defense. His arm is phenomenal. And he's not going to let many pitches get by him. So I think if we don't sign anybody as a catcher, I think we're okay. It would be nice, I think, to get a quality backup. Like I said, Jacob Nottingham is our backup catcher. And while that's not the worst thing in the world, he did take a step back last year. So it would be good to see him have another year of opportunity in AAA as opposed to throwing him straight into the fire as an MLB catcher. The other major signing was Jose Abreu, who originally accepted the qualifying offer from the White Sox. I talked about this again last episode that he was given the qualifying offer, but the decisions were not made at that point. And so originally, it was announced that he accepted the qualifying offer. And then a couple of days later, they announced a three-year deal for him, which was a really good deal for him. He is 33, so he's past the peak of the aging curve. And they're giving a lot of money to a guy who has passed that peak of an aging curve. But for White Sox fans, for their fan base, for Jose Abreu, this is a major win. And I mentioned that he's the kind of player that I would love to see on the Brewers. And it would have been really cool, actually, I think, to see him in a Brewers uniform. But obviously that's not going to happen anymore unless we make a trade for him. And I don't think David Stearns is going to give up the prospects the White Sox would want in return, nor do I think he would want to take on that contract. So, two big names, signing with the White Sox. The White Sox are trying to become a real deal. And I I think they could be. I think they're going to start competing in the AL Central. Other than that, there has not been a lot of moves. Adam Wainwright signed a one-year deal with St. Louis. Jake Odorizzi accepted his qualifying offer from the Twins. And the Braves are bolstering their bullpen already, signing one of the biggest names in relief in Will Smith, 
who's coming from the Giants off of a phenomenal year. They also brought back Darren O'Day and signed Chris Martin. So the NL East had a lot of weak bullpens last year. And the Braves, the Braves won the NL East, and they're looking to build a bullpen that will be better than what it was last year. So while there has been some excitement on free agent, it's obviously not a hot, hot stove yet. There's still a lot of players to sign, a lot of names to go around, a lot of money to be spent. The Brewers do have a lot of money to spend, and I'm excited to see where they spend it, how they upgrade the roster, and how they prepare for the 2020 season. Another quick thing I'll mention is there's a number of players that are being posted from the Japan and Korean Baseball League. And it'll be interesting to see where they sign, where they go, and how they perform next year. I've got another quick little short topic. I want to just talk about something that's been bothering me, and that is some of the Hall of Fame ballots that have been released to the public. Now, most of these ballots have been hashtag small hall, I think is what it is, small hall ballots. And I have I have no issue with voters trying to keep the Hall of Fame small. That's not how I would personally go about it, but if that's your opinion, I'm not going to argue about that with you. My issue is the votes that have been for Derek Jeter and Derek Jeter only. I think that there are players that are more Hall of Fame worthy than Derek Jeter. He is, Derek Jeter is Hall of Fame worthy. Don't get me wrong about that. I think if he doesn't get into the Hall, then there's probably something wrong with the Hall of Fame voting in general. But I do not think that he is the most Hall of Fame worthy player on that ballot. And a lot of Hall of Fame player worthy players are getting dropped after this. They've they've spent their 10 years on the ballot, have not gotten in, and if they don't get in on this vote, they're gone and have to rely on other means of getting into the Hall of Fame. And that's where my issue lies. I don't care if you only vote for one person, but then vote for the best person on the ballot. Unfortunately, that's not Derek Jeter. If it were me, I have no issue with allowing a lot of players into the Hall of Fame. So if it, if it were me, I would be voting for a, a number of names. And I think if you only were going to give out one vote, then guys like Larry Walker, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, are more deserving of a vote. That's only naming three players. There's more on the ballot that are more deserving than Derek Jeter. But if you're only going to give out one vote, give it to the most deserving player. 
not just a Yankee, not just a postseason hero. Give it to the most deserving player. So again, enough about that. Like I said, I'll probably talk about that more in a later episode, maybe when more Hall of Fame ballots are out, maybe when the Hall of Fame class is announced. But that's not a major talking point right now. The last baseball-related thing I think I want to talk about on this episode is the glove story. And dear God, is this amazing. This is, this is the best news so far of the offseason, in my opinion. If you have not seen the glove story release, uh, I will put a link to it in the description of this episode because it is something worth looking over multiple times. Part of me thinks that this is a an olive branch to those fans that are upset about losing the name Miller Park. And this is the Brewers trying to put the best foot forward logo, jersey, name, just visual-wise. I'm not sure if that is true. In fact, I would probably doubt that this is true. I think this is just a reaction to all of baseball knowing that the ball and glove logo from the Brewers is one of the best logos in all of baseball. So if you don't know anything about this, what the Brewers did this offseason is it's our 50th anniversary. And so part of that is on the jerseys, there will be a special 50th anniversary patch. But above and beyond that, the Brewers also did, I don't want to say a major rebranding, but a logo update, a jersey update. And... By God, did they do an amazing job. The ball and glove logo is now the primary logo with the words Milwaukee Brewers around it. They updated it so that it looks nicer, more streamlined. They've given us a new logo, and they call it the State Art logo. They got rid of the, the wheat, the wheat M logo, but they did bring, they did give us a ball with instead of seams, it's wheat, which is pretty cool. I'm a huge fan of that. And they also brought back the barrel man, a bit of a blast to the past, but a good looking logo. And I love, he is a little updated, so it's not the same barrel man of old and he looks good. I think the most exciting thing about this, though, is the new jerseys. So the Brewers' primary home jersey is not actually white anymore. It is cream. And it's just got the Brewers across the front. And then the secondary home jersey is the home pinstripe. Uh, A throwback to the late 70s and the 80s jersey. Then the away jerseys, they're keeping the, the 
road gray as the primary. They've updated the logos on the sleeves now, though. And instead of Brewers across the front, it says Milwaukee repping not the team, but the town. And I love that. I love that. And then I think my favorite jersey is actually the secondary away jersey, which is the Road Navy. Oh, it gives me chills looking at it. So it's it's similar to the the Royal Blue away jerseys from the throwbacks, but instead of it being Royal Blue, it is Navy. And God, it just looks so good. I think the next the next jersey jersey I buy will be in that road navy color. Now, a big reason that the Brewers did all of this, obviously partially is the 50th anniversary rebranding, but they also wanted to honor the roots of the Brewers and the roots of Milwaukee. So if you look through the link that I posted and listened to some of the, the videos, it's all Milwaukee industrial heritage. And I love this. It's, it gives me the chills looking at some of these things, reading about it, listening to these videos. This is a team that cares about its fans. And I think that this only makes it all the more obvious. It's saying that we love Milwaukee. We're going to stay in Milwaukee. We're going to care for the fans. And this, this is what baseball is about, in my, my opinion. It's teams caring for its fans, catering to the people that come and pay to sit in the seats, to sit and watch the stars bash home runs or make batters look foolish. It's the support that the locals, that the fans give to that team and this is the team responding, saying, thank you for all that support. Thank you for being the best fan base in the world. So again, if you haven't seen any of these things, if you haven't looked at them for yourself, I highly suggest checking out the link that I put in the description of this episode. And take some time to really go through it, read all of the read all of the things, click and watch the video, explore, because this is, this is for you. This is for the fans. And with that, I think this is where we're going to end this episode. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Brews Crew. It really means a lot to me that you listen to it. If you want to contact me, if you have any questions, that you want me to answer on the next podcast, if you think that I said something that was wildly wrong or inaccurate, or if you just want to chat about baseball, I am available to talk to on Twitter at Pod. You can also email me at BrewsCrewPod at gmail.com. I'll most likely give you a shout-out in the next podcast, re-ask your question, and then give you a response, unpack both of those things. So again, thank you for listening on Wisconsin and go Brewers.